0: BLOB TALK RADIO Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to FixTheNation.com. That's right, yours truly, John A. Jensen. Alrighty, I'm going to keep going down this path of, uh, I'll call it transition of a cabinet selection, the choices, the ramifications... Um, And try to keep it in context or perspective, because there are a lot of things that are under the radar. Picks that are normally very, very, oh, ah, does it really matter? You know, it's kind of a token position. Um, It's not a plum job. Those kind of phrases. But there are a lot of those that are going to be critical for this administration, given what needs to happen. So going to take a little bit of a sidestep and go back through some recent, i call it appointments or, or the nominees for now. And, you know, yeah, DeVos for education, like that a lot. I think she's a mover and a shaker, and I think that's what education needs. Remember that. It's important for today's uh, philosophical approach. Um, someone like a Nikki Haley. I thought it was an out of the box pick, given the fact there's no experience, okay? Meaning, foreign uh, foreign policy experience. So it's kind of what are you actually going for? Do you want a fresh voice? Do you want someone who can sell a message and then go teach them what the message is? Do you want someone who doesn't have any? Oh, I don't know how call it um, biased or unfair relationships to kind of clean up moving forward to make sure you start from square one you don't have any ties that might hamper you from having an outright true negotiating stance or sell a message you know but again UN ambassador not a small role you know can you articulate the American message can you sell it strong can you build a coalition if you need to present something to the council etc all right so, you know, a couple of good choices. Today we got a couple more little, little pieces of uh, information. Katie McFarlane, you know, good smart choice, very foreign policy experienced. But, again, not in the cabinet, just kind of an advisor role. All right, interesting. Um, White House cancel, Okay, whatever. Couldn't really care. Um, Carson being talked about for housing and urban development is a little off the wall. And again, let's go back to Nikki Haley. Not, ex, not experienced in what she'll be doing, but she's experienced in leadership. He brings an expertise that's medical, and you're going to put him in charge of housing and urban development. Hmm. Odd choice, but again, if you want to, and again, let's, let's use, just use the phrase, drain the swamp. Let's just, let's just toss that one out there on the table. If your thought and theory is, to drain the swamp we need to get away from prior pre-existing relationships and kind of approach it from a all right from square one what's good and bad for this so you don't have any ties to something okay that's one way to go of course for the outsider looking in it's very tough to see quote unquote what needs to be drained and what doesn't because you'll have to make critical distinction from leadership level down. In a bureaucracy, you have no, know nothing about. So you're going to be held a little hostage by the very people you will need to support you in the same way you'll have to change their makeup. Tough ask. You know, and these are people who are used to turnaround specialists. So let's use that term Turnaround specialist. Okay, and this is where I'm going to kind of segue into some of the meat and potatoes of today. We have some things to be considered that aren't necessarily plum jobs, but man, is there a lot of work to do. Use an easy example: Veteran Affairs. Everybody wants to be a defense, you know, Department of Defense. Nobody wants to be veteran affairs your rock star goes defense it's high profile the low profile job that people typically get assigned to in veteran affairs is some kind of a a loyal subject that gets a cabinet position Yep, you're still in the cabinet but it's just not it's not prime real estate you know you're not on the water you're Water view. Hmm. Let's talk about that for a minute. One of the overwhelming griefs that has been voiced is that the veterans aren't being taken care of. They you know, they, they die waiting for health care. They, you know, are brutally inefficiently treated. They're poorly treated. Um, you know, this is what we do to the men and, and women who protect this country after we're done with them. You know, and and we all agree it's an atrocity. Cool. Now, put that one out there. What do you do to fix it? Okay. So let's go back to that phrase, turnaround specialist. You need to bring someone in who can get the most out of the VA to literally revamp it. If you think the VA works well right now, you are by far – In that minority, very distinct minority, most people think the VA is the most inefficiently horrific department we have. So you're going to need someone to go in there and deal with a behemoth bureaucracy to shred it from a money standpoint, to make it more lean, but to get a hell of a lot better results out of it for the very people – ...that have protected this country previously. Me personally, Mitt Romney. Think about what he does. His entire life has been devoted... ...turning around failed businesses... ...and making them profitable. He took Massachusetts and spun that. Now, I'm not saying he's dealt with something that's a beast like the VA... But I am saying if you're going to take some policy wonk and just drop them in there, uh, good luck. But someone like a Mitt Romney I think has a real chance at a successful stint there. And by the way, just full disclosure, I absolutely am of the camp of a smaller size and scope government. I absolutely think the VA is an unnecessary department from this context. I would merge them with defense you'd have one department that would be the veteran uh department of of defense and veteran affairs and that one department literally when you joined the service would be a seamless transition to make sure you are taken care of for the rest of your life in the military fashion as designed no harm no foul i don't think they're mutually exclusive against each other i think they hand in glove go with each other so put Romney in there, give him two years, revamp it, merge it in two years, save the bureaucracy you know, money, push that money back down to the VA you know, support level, you're good to go. Or take the money saved in Veteran Affairs because of lack of bureaucracy and push that over defense to reinforce our presence around the world, if that's your position. But that would be found money. But give him two years to tweak it hard, revamp it. And then he wins, we win. But again, Mitt Romney being considered right now for secretary of state. Let's go back to this. He doesn't have any foreign policy exposure, any, zero. Running for president does not make you foreign policy savvy. Because you are a governor does not make you foreign policy savvy. Because he comes from a legacy of being involved in politics – does not make him foreign policy savvy. Because you're a business negotiator does not make you foreign policy savvy or connected. Okay, so let's go back to this. There are people on the table, Giuliani and, Rom- Giuliani and Romney, both of which don't have the experience. And if you're going down the path at the UN that Nikki Haley doesn't have experience, and then drop in a Secretary of State that doesn't have experience, that concerns me. These are our chief diplomats around the world. You need to have some background. John Bolton, Richard Grinnell, these have the background. Now, the good news is behind the scenes in the advisor role, you do have people like a Flynn or a KT McFarlane that does have experience. But you have a president that doesn't have international experience, potentially with the Secretary of State that doesn't have foreign policy experience and a U.N. ambassador that doesn't have foreign policy experience, and then you're going to turn around and have to deal with the foreign policy issues that we have today. And I think we need to reprioritize, if you're the transition team and you are listening right now, how valuable that role is in being the solution or the tip of the spear For the U.S. in the solution that we need in places like Ukraine, South China Sea in China, North Korea, Philippines, Turkey, Syria, lump in the rest of the Middle East, India, Pakistan in a specific situation. That was just top of mind. That was just rattling off a list. Let alone the fact that we have to renegotiate things like NAFTA or other trade deals or get out of TPP but also go in and renegotiate bilateral trade agreements individually with all of those nations there's a lot of work to be done That you can't just learn on the job and I'm not saying these are all bad people I didn't say that at all I am not going to hold someone Romney accountable for his voice prior to the election. I love freedom of expression. I love different points of view. Was he wrong? He absolutely was wrong. Did the people listen to him? No. I think he has more shame in that he said it than Trump needs to be embarrassed that he brings someone else in. I love a strong leader that's willing to surround themselves with true leaders, true commitment, true diversity. Because you kind of can judge the strength of a leader in what they surround. If you want to surround yourself with yes people, what does that say about you, the leader? How weak you are? You want to surround yourself with diversity, with challenges, with people from so many different versions of the world that you never are allowed to get comfortable that your little ivory tower is reflective. Because one of the things Trump will need to do is stay connected and grounded to Main Street. I didn't say Wall Street. Not the elites, but to Main Street. He had a lot of ways of doing that through his businesses, through people that, you know, walk the streets and talk the talk. But the more he surrounds himself with people that are big government or elites or experienced, like so he needs some fresh voices. And that's okay. He needs people that radically are divergent from him. That's okay, that's healthy. Because the end game his decision to make. Now I got a tip for you: You're dealing with the guy who's going to fire people, there are people he will appoint that won't make it two years. To me, that's a statement, not even a question. I think Donald Trump absolutely will force a resignation in the next year, year and a half, two years. Someone he already appointed or will appoint soon. I don't think they make the cut. I'm going to try you. I'm going to push you. Out. Think about what he did in his campaign. It took him three different campaign managers to get to the election. Three. He's a decision maker. I see what you're doing. Don't like it. I see what you're doing. I don't like it. He, he goes until he finds the right fit. He's willing to hire, but he's also willing to fire. I don't think he does it randomly or haphazardly. I think he's a decision maker. He wants what's best, and if you give it to him, you stay. If you don't give it to him, he asks you to fix it. If, he doesn't, if you don't fix it, he will ask you to leave. Interesting, right? But that's not the only revamp go want the Veteran Affairs. That's not the only revamp we have to deal with. It's going to change topics, but it's a similar conversation. You're going to have tax reform go through Congress. It's what... Trump wants. It's what Congress wants. It's what the people want. The only question is how soon it happens and in what final version it happens. If you go with the Kevin Brady plan from the House Ways and Means Committee, the one that's on the table right now, there are two broad steps. One is the overall tax reform piece of it, but there is a secondary piece, and that's what people are missing on right now. We're going to talk about it. The second piece of, quote-unquote, the reform package is to revamp the IRS. They are too big and deal with the wrong issues. So they'd be revamped into three smaller core groups dealing with three very specific topics. Super, fine, all well and good. Go to that you know, platform.gop, bring up the, uh, the a Better Way proposal, go read through it a very simple explanation I'm not gonna discuss that right now what i'm gonna say is this if you're gonna take a neanderthal beast of the irs and you are going to radically revamp it size and scope and the functionality within you need a leader to go do that that's not soft that's a very disciplined leader that's highly focused that understands it right flip it around for conservatives out there, think about this. You got attacked via the IRS or screened out. There's, there's some corruption in the IRS. to get weeded out during the swamp. We're back on that. So whoever's going to be running the IRS, which normally is not a marquee job, normally is not a plum job, I got a tip for you. That's, that's a game changer. This is not your typical IRS, go in there, operate business as normal. That's not the ask at all. The ask here is wildly different. It's a little like Romney, you know, if he were to take over the VA. Revamp it. Make it leaner, meaner. Make it more efficient. Make it more effective for the very people it represents. Let the IRS, changing topics, represent the people It should be there to support us. It should be there to help small businesses run, not burden them. It should be doing efficient audits, universally done, as opposed to randomly and isolated or targeted toward a certain core group. Right? What about the 16,000 people that were hired just to go out and enforce Obamacare? Remember that one, right? 16,000 government people hired because Obamacare had to be enforced. Well, let's go down this road. If you're going to go into, okay, and repeal and replace Obamacare, and you're going to take out the mandate, what exactly are you going to enforce at the IRS? Why do you need 16,000 people laying around doing something that they weren't hired to go do? Hmm. So you've got, you've got some decisions to make, and this is logistically how they're going to have to piece this out. Since we're on Obamacare, let's stay there for a split second. Let's go to health and human services. I think Medicaid, Medicare need a substantial either reinvigoration or a revamp. Maybe even, and this would be my, my personal call it voice, take the two and merge them. They can serve different masters, but the bureaucracy redundancy you can get away from. That's a smaller scope and size of government. Get more efficient. They're both health care. One's for older and one's for the poor. Doesn't matter. They're both health care. Why do you have redundant bureaucracies? Because that's what government does. Because that's what big government does. Because that's what people do. They hire people so they have bureaucracy and they put layers in between layers. Whatever. It's so frustrating. So, the poor can't afford health care, but we can afford six digit salaries for people to get pensioned and benefits the rest of their life. All of the people at the very bottom don't have that very money for the health care. You try and rationalize that to me where I shouldn't be upset and offended by our lack of priorities. But, irregardless of those two, let's go to Obamacare. What does, quote, repeal and replace actually mean? What does that mean? What shape does it take on? You can't just take some chucklehead who's a bureaucrat, drop them in for health and human services, and think they'll be able to do the job. There is a lot of work to do there in the design and implementation of something that will be better than, but not nearly as obstructionist, as Obamacare. That's a tough ask. How do you revamp HHS to get the most out of it? Who does that? I'd probably tag Bobby Jindal. He has a background in it. He's efficient. He's cost-oriented. Makes some sense to me. Not a whisper of the name yet. These are not necessarily plum jobs, but these will be critical to the success of someone like a Donald Trump, IRS, VA, Health and Human Services. Now, here's one. He just got to Department of Education with DeVos. Okay. EPA, he'll get to that. I will personally put my name out there and say, you know what? If you're going to do what he wants to do, he needs to radically reform education. So I think he's picked the right leader. The question is, where does he take education? Current day, we're number one in the world in spending the dollars and number 28th in the world in the result of the quality of education that we get. Currently, Common Core. Currently, federally led and mandated okay let's break that up a little bit what is his vision for education meaning donald j trump's the president elect what's his vision for education charter schools got it okay voucher got it that's that's different than and i'll speak for me i would take the department of education at the federal level and eliminate it it would be it would be an advisory panel giving guidance to the states suggestions same thing for epa push it all back to the states each and the individual states and territories can make up their own rules for epa and their own rules for education scrap common core reinvigorate from a state level what's good for you you don't like it move but no more unfunded mandates no more bloated federal government can the money that should be spent on the kids and their education and the reason we can't compete internationally. It's not difficult, but it is brutally complicated to implement. So you have to put people, although short-term, that can transition that or sell that or develop that. Because that's, that's a very, very difficult task and you're asking the government to be smaller and a lot of people don't like that because the bureaucrats want to keep their jobs the lobbyists want to keep their place the unions will feel threatened i can keep going but to me you have to be able to push those things back to the state save the money for us to have money to do the other things because if you don't At some point, you're just going to spend more money that we don't have. Trade deals. We can mention NAFTA. We can mention TPP. We can go all the way around the world, all these trade deals. I think it is stunningly amazing. Man, of a couple weeks past an election, the president-elect has had more nations – pony up that they're willing to renegotiate than in the last 15 years combined between Presidents Obama and Bush that's right I'm an equal opportunity basher right now so all we had to do was ask all we had to do was put a little pressure all we had to do was have a leader in the White House that cared about not losing jobs and GDP overseas 4.5% of GDP across our borders in the form of monies of wealth leaving the US think about how hard it's been on you last 15 years, that raise you didn't get, that minimum wage that didn't go up, the minimum in, middle income tier that kept sliding down and you can look right at this lack of leadership on trade deals from Washington and understand that's where your personal money went that's where your corporations couldn't spend money to expand couldn't find the the wealth in america to stay in business and you should be upset your government dc both parties have failed you up to now thank goodness he's smart enough to see this and rein it back in so it will happen the question is what form will it take Will we have tariffs and cost of goods here will go up? Will these be negotiated in good faith so we can be more competitive while we also, by the way, tax reform? Now, I'm going to set the table. This is, I think, how it plays out. You're going to end up in December with the Fed hiking rates, another quarter point, something like that. Just a little token motion in the ocean to give us an idea – we're going to slowly start to normalize rates, especially now that they will have much more confidence that the government in D.C. will be proactively increasing the fiscal stimulus side of it, as opposed to the monetary side of it being exclusively the only game in town. One. Two, Congress hits the ground running as soon as they start up in early January, so by the time January 20th, Inauguration Day happens, they will probably have certain things already on the table for him very near term. might be even day one, if they plan it right. Trump will already on the 20th repeal some regulations and repeal some pieces of Obamacare. Already. Just to set the table for deregulations from the federal level. Tax reform will follow, probably in March, I'm going to say, followed by the trade deals starting to drop in line, renegotiate NAFTA. Wouldn't surprise that was done by an April or May timeframe. So in that first 100-day range, in that first six months of 2017, you're going to have lower taxes on the horizon and certainty. You're going to have less regulation for sure, a potential replacement of Obamacare, but definitely some repeal of pieces of Obamacare, and renegotiated trade deals starting to fall in line with some outlook on what kind of scope this will take on. Our economy needs that kind of breath of fresh air. just needs it. And it will start to cycle up. Good things will happen. But as we start to revamp the economy and revamp trade, these cabinet positions also need to fall in line. Because make bank on this. We need to get the money down slightly to spend money differently and to have excess surplus from a higher tax base based on lower rates because the economy cycles up to have – a surplus to apply toward the national debt so there's a bigger picture in the midterm long term that we're working toward and the economy keep it simple stupid it's the economy is the first no-brainer but these appointments he's making today will be critical if you pick some kind of a wonk for the va that isn't a true leader and can't revamp that beast good luck IRS, you need a true leader. Danzig can revamp it. it. has that kind of discipline and focus. Health and human services, revamp it. Education, revamp it. That's right. Revamp it. It's a long list, guys, of things we need to reform and reset in America to get back to being highly functional and good for everyone overall. None of what I said, by the way, is a party thing. All of what I said is just good, fundamental, basic leadership for America and where she needs to be. Guys, I am fixination.com. Thank you so much for your time today. Please do um, let me know via Twitter at Fixination what you feel about this, and send it out to all your friends and share this link. Thanks so much, and God bless.